welcome back to Other Tome. What's up, fam? What's up, Scott, man? How are you, man? I'm in a good mood today. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We got another episode. Uh, I think mm-hmm. everybody's a fan of Bill Nye the Science Guy. Everybody. I mean, we got a chance to talk to him about COVID vaccines, stormtroopers, and <laughs> him and Pharrell got into a fight about astrology. Yeah, it's a little smoke in the room, man. I, I felt it. It was cool, though. <laughs> Very respectful fight. Very respectful, but also hilarious. Yes, man. Bill was everything I expected. He was he was funny, smart, and just cool, man. Like, Bill Nye the science guy. I think you guys are going to love this episode. This is Bill Nye on Other Tone. Other Tone. 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 I'm honored to be on here. What's up, Scott? What up? I'm excited too, Bill. Nice to meet you, man. Uh, greetings. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Thank you. Also, I'm excited about this this uh, episode, man. I'm going to go ahead and just take off my hat real quick. Oh, I can't do that because I have on my headphones. But I, I am metaphorically taking my hat off because what you do, the way that you demystify science, the way that you, you know, to say that you put it in layman's terms is probably insulting because I feel like it's so entertaining mm-hmm. what you do. Like you draw people into science by entertaining them with the facts, <laughs> with your really effortless, sophisticated sense of humor. Also, there seems to be a willingness to grapple with, you know, a society that um, disregards science. I- I'm just taking my hat off to, to, to your way of educating people. There is a, just a lack of pay attentivity that is a little crazy. Maybe. Mm. This is what I'm saying. There are people running around in our society who actually seem to actually think that actually the world might actually be flat. No, it yeah. isn't. What, is, what are you talking about? Yeah. We try not to divide ourselves, you know, uh, but here's the problem with conspiracy theories. And I think the reason so many people have been drawn to them for so long is it's a shortcut. If only there were, uh, well, I don't know, five dozen people that were running everything and screwing everything up, then all you'd got to do is is find those five dozen people and, you know, tell them to cut it out. (laughs) But that's not what it is. It's millions of people who want this shortcut answer to big, difficult problems. And, you know, wouldn't life be easier if masks didn't work? at slowing the spread of COVID. Then you could just not wear a mask and say it's fate or it's, I have nothing to do with it. It's not my fault, but it's way, you got to take way more responsibility than that. And what we got to do, my problem now, our problem now is engage what I call the other side is try to like, what's going on with you that you think the earth might be flat? What is going on with you that you think there aren't 300,000 dead people here in the US? What, what, what makes you think that? And so it's, uh, it's really is a tough one. Because science is, is, is all about things being quantified, I think that there's an equation for it. I just don't, I just don't think it is, it is as random. You know, these, these ideas come from you know, uh, peers, environment, and also, you know, the phones have a lot to do with it. There's science behind it. By phones, you mean uh, uh, social media on your phone. 
Yeah, social media and algorithms, right? Those things have to grasp onto something in the human mind in order to trigger people to really believe it. There's there's a science behind it to me. We had this gal on my podcast, Science Rules, who specializes in, this is how she pronounces it, psychopathy, psychopaths, <laughs> psychopathy, psychopathy. So here's a guy who is a, a charlatan, a real estate um, professional rip people off landlord, taking advantage of people mm. in these buildings he owned. He gets found out. The cops are gonna are closing in on his racket, and he leaves New York, drives away from New York. The, by all accounts, he's got like eight hundred bucks in his pocket, mm-hmm. but he goes into the grocery store and steals a sandwich, and the and security cameras find him and stuff. And that's how they found out where he was. And the deal <laughs> is that he can't stop oh, yeah. himself from cheating. Yeah. It just doesn't. It's not. It's not in him to not cheat. So oh, yeah. And that could be what you're driving at. Yeah. The thing is, is there's a science behind everything. Just because we don't have the answers don't mean that it's not quantifiable. Right on. Right on. It's all science, people. <laughs> it's, it's all science. science. It's all science. But, for, but to me, just keep in mind that science for me is two things. It's this body of knowledge. You know, uh, how big is the earth? What's the diameter of the earth? Uh, uh what's the atomic number of rubidium or whatever it is. That's a body of knowledge, but it's really, it's the process. It's the way of thinking that's so important in science where you question things, where you you wonder why the world is the way it is. And then you have this process for figuring it out where you come up with an idea, a hypothesis. You come up with a test based on your hypothesis. You run the test. You see what happens, and you compare what happened with what you thought was going to happen, and then you start over. And a mm. lot of people, it's it's work. And this is like certifying this vaccine, man. You don't just show up. It's a, it's a, you got to run the numbers. You got to run tests. You got to evaluate people's reactions, and you got to count blood cells. It's not easy. That's interesting that you brought that up. Would you be first in line to take the vaccine now, or do you think it needs more time to evaluate the studies of what it can actually do to people? Oh, no, I'm first in line. No, no, you guys, when you get my good buddy Tony Fauci and Michael Osterholm supervising these tests and they get these results, yeah, I'm first in line, or as soon as I'm allowed to get, Mm. I don't want to cut the line because I'm very healthy and I'm able to live uh, where I'd hardly talk to anyone. Uh, so, uh, with that said, you know, the, the, the surprising thing in this one example of testing, because this virus is so infectious or so virulent, so much like a virus, it's gone viral. Wait, it is a virus. Uh, because so many people got infected, those guys and gals were able to run tests on huge populations of people of different ethnicities, different cultures, different living situations, different ages, different sexes, different blood types, because so many people got infected. Whereas traditionally, with like a flu vaccine, you just didn't get that many people sick to run tests on. So this is like a surprising outcome. But if you stop and think about it, 
How else could it be? Well, of course, more people are infected, so a greater variety or diversity of people is infected, so we can evaluate the outcomes more stringently or with better statistics. And another mm -hmm. everything, another thing to keep in mind, one of the big problems with vaccines traditionally is you go to all this trouble to analyze the virus, to decode its sequence, the genetic sequence. You get all these, this huge factory in New Jersey to manufacture these vaccines at very cold temperatures. You get all this set up, and then the vaccine doesn't do much. <laughs> it's not that it has side effects, it just has no effect. And that's a big risk with vaccines, is huge investments and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. But apparently, this new approach that was not possible 10 years ago using this mythic thing called messenger RNA, messenger ribonucleic acid, mm. uh, has enabled these two companies to produce a new style of vaccine that introduces, uh, causes you, a person, to develop antibodies without the traditional way of disabling the virus in some way and injecting a person with the a version of the virus. That's not how it's being done at these two companies. It's really something. So what's the process called? RNA what? They say mRNA, messenger RNA. Messenger. So it's some part of the ribonucleic acid, which is some part of DNA, deoxyribonucleic mm. acid, that they call the messenger part that carries some part wow. of the information. Yeah. People have figured out how to, that there's a part of the DNA that will enable us to trigger or induce people to make antibodies to this crazy virus, which got introduced to humans from bats. Okay. Wow. Wow. So there's, yeah. So there's going to be a fleet of new vaccines in the next five years for sure. Five is pretty aggressive. I don't know if they're going to be done, but Give they're going to be working on years. Them. Give me 15. Yeah. So I, I'm saying, I'm, gonna, I'm saying today, I'm saying somewhere right now, because this mRNA process has been discovered, there's got to be, you know, you know, a uh, whole new class of vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. They're working on them, they're working on them now. Innovation. Yeah. This is an extraordinary time, you guys. And, you know, this business of CRISPR. Let me see if yeah. I can do it. CRISPR. Yeah. Clustered. Clustered, regularly interspaced, short palindromic repeats, CRISPR. Yes. That was discovered ten, uh, eight years ago. 2012 was the paper published. That is going to revolutionize everything. What's CRISPR again? I, I heard Pharrell mention it before, but, you know, I can't remember. It's like st Star Trek level shit. Like literally. It is, man. So they, it's a woman named Jennifer Dudna who uh, found a way to take a some sort of protein. Now, protein, just writ large, I guess, is a molecule that takes advantage of its physical shape. Like, you know, you mix vinegar and baking soda, you get bubbles. That's just because, not just, it's because these electrons are drawn to each other so strongly. But protein is where you got this molecule that has a shape and it fits like a key in a lock, or it doesn't fit like a key in the wrong lock. All right. Anyway, this, this protein goes along the, the DNA, <laughs> finds a specific place on the DNA, and then takes that piece out and puts in another piece. And that, by the way, is based on some sort of virus. It's also based on RNA. And, you know, so, you know, everybody knows somebody with some sort of genetic disease, somebody 
whose eyesight, so you might know people who are colorblind, for example. Uh, you might know people, my family has this uh, disability uh, related to our uh, central nervous system. Uh, and so everybody's got something. Well, it's quite possible that not in the next five years, but in the next 20 years, there'll be this CRISPR technology that can edit or fix your DNA, repair it. Wow. And so the famous story was they were having a meeting about this eight years ago. And they were going, well, is this ethical to be using this technology on people that can, that can change their DNA? And then the guy said, well, would it be ethical not to use it? If, wow. you, got a, if you have a baby that has a genetic problem, would it be ethical not to give the baby the technology? Whoa, dude, whoa. <laughs> and these are big, heavy questions hey. that are based on science, man. It's all, it's people doing, so here's what I was going to say about the, about the five-year thing that you threw out. Tony Fauci and those people will remind you that it's, yeah, in the last year, Project Warp Speed, people developed these extraordinary vaccines, but it's from 30 years of screwing around with it. Right. You know, mm -hmm. there's been basic research going on for decades. And then, wait, we can use it for this. Cool. You know? Yeah. So investment in basic research is just, you never know where it's going to lead. It always leads to something cool. Like, I remember, I'm so old, you guys. I remember <laughs> when lasers were discovered. I remember, I was a little kid. Laser is an acronym. Whoa. Laser is an acronym, too. Tell them what the... Uh the laser is an light, acronym as well. Light amplification by simulated emissions of radiation is a laser. I knew that. But, but look. Yeah, sure. Well, I, this know, is just, I didn't know please, that. Please, bring I was it just on, bring it on, bring it on. No, listen, I, I really want to, before we get too far, Pharrell told me about CRISPR like, how long ago, bro? It's been a while. Four years, four or five years how ago. Did you yeah, know? four or five years. What, 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 yeah. how, how you know about that? Google can't. I know how he know. I know how Bill know. How did you know? Because I went to... Um, Google camp. Pharrell, did you go to a Saifu camp? What's a Saifu camp? That's a, at, at Google. They invite people and you hang out together for two days. Yes. Oh, yes. That's how cool he is. That's how cool yeah. he is. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. So, so here's the crazy thing. See, he was talking about where it came from, the impetus of it. They were talking about the dangers. Then they went to the dark side and they said, you know, there are countries that don't have the same kind of, you know. Regulations. Regulations yeah. and and eth ethical considerations oh, who will, who will use it to yeah. like basically make essentially like X Men. Yeah, make you'll make an army of jackbooted stormtroopers who do not question. Dun, 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 no, for dun, real. Dun, I gotta dun. tell you, you guys, before we go too far, that takes me out of those flipping movies. When the stormtroopers show <laughs> up and they just blast them and they all fall I know, down, I, I just go, you, you know, guys, come on. Hey, really? Bill, that's crazy. I just said that we was watching the uh, Mandalorian, and I'm like, the stormtroopers don't never put up a fight. They just get, psh, psh, and they yeah, be yeah, like, I know. It's just like they they're don't dressed get, in those cool garments, you know? looking so cool and dangerous, and just a laser hit them, they gone for the rest of it. It's, it's over. But a lot of that's yo, not is, fact based. A lot of that's made up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I get it. So CRISPR, bro, you said the dark side. I mean, you can ha you can eventually have somebody with like you know, muscles that allow them to run faster yeah. or... So they genetically engineer these type of people. Yeah, or, or, or to, to work on the brains. Or maybe the hypothalamus is just bigger than somebody else's or 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 frontal lobes or... 
<laughs> Yo, that's crazy. So you guys, but here's the real, much more practical, much more practical use of CRISPR that will affect everybody is crops, farming, agricultural science, where you can make crops that use less water, grow faster, have more nutrients, maybe have this vitamin A. By the way, if you're out there listening and you're a vegan and you want to go into uh, genetics, what you all need, what we all need is uh, vitamin B12 in a plant. If you could have a, well, I don't know what it would be, a, a corn plant that had vitamin B12. Yeah. I'll invest. And by the way, that's good. That's good genetic modifying, by the way. That's CRISPR for what it's supposed to be. Oh, I mean, that's what you're doing. You're genetically modifying yourself. Mm. Well, this is the thing about, you know, you guys, everybody gets all bent out of shape about genetically modified f crops, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. You guys, farmers have been modifying crops for 10,000 yeah. years. Of course. Since and I seen, a, when I seen a watermelon with no seeds. I knew that that's, right. Like, yeah, that's right. That's right. But by the way, I don't even know that that is not even a conversation anymore because people like the Beyond Burger. Like yeah. they like Beyond. God, it's so good. Yeah. The uh, have you had an Impossible Whopper? I mean, I'm of not. A, I don't get paid by by uh, Burger King. Love it, man. That I is a it. great product. Love it. You're not you saving vegan? any calories, everybody. There's no, still a lot of mayonnaise and fabulous yeah. bread and cheese and stuff. Part. But the burger itself is pretty good, man. Are you vegan, Bill? No, no, I understand it though. But when you have to get a vitamin B12 injection with a hypodermic needle, or you mm -hmm. have to take pills with vitamin B12 that are made from animals or dairy products, to, I just go, I stroke my chin. I stroke my chin is what I do. Really? And what are the benefits of B12? Oh, it's a thing we all need that you can't get just from right now in our society. You can't get just from plants. Bill, I have a question for you. What's your birthday and what time were you born? Here we go, Scott. <laughs> well, what we like to do on my side of it is, can't you guess? Uh-oh. Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> no, can't you tell from my personality what time of day I was born? You know, no. that's what we like. That's how we like to turn it around on the astrologers. My birthday is on the electric internet, 27th of November. Okay. I don't want you to be jealous, but I just became a senior. I just turned 65. Eat your heart. Congrats. Uh, thank you. And then uh, according to the birth certificate, which has, they allege, my footprints on it, uh, <laughs> I was born at three in the afternoon. But I got to tell you, I don't remember. <laughs> so you guys, of course, I am open-minded, of course, but- when it comes to astrology in any form, mm -hmm. are there really only 12 kinds of people? No, there's not. There's 7.5 billion people, and each one of them have different aspects. So every person is going to be different. There, you know, no Tuesday is the same. In certain places, it's raining on that Tuesday. Other places, it might be cold and dark. Like, it's none of them, no, no uh, day is the same. In fact, I have triplets, right? They were literally born at 753, 754, 755. And yeah, like one after the other. So anyway, there are the three kids born a minute apart or two minutes apart. Now what? Yep. I'm just saying that they could not be any more different. Oh, I see. Yeah. 
they have a lot of the same experiences, but because one person goes first, it makes it completely different. And yes, they were born on the same day and generally like the same time, but each, each soul is different. No soul is the same. You don't believe in astronomy? Astronomy is my thing. Astrology is not. And you guys, let's do a couple things about this. Astrology was developed especially by a guy named Ptolemy, who mm-hmm. using yep. shadows figured out how you could navigate around the Mediterranean uh, very accurately. Guys, you know, the, you leave, where do you leave? Uh, somewhere in Greece. And mm-hmm. you want to get to Egypt to do uh, trade wine and and uh, other produce and maybe some precious metals, some gold or something. And you're sailing your ship across the Mediterranean. Well, Ptolemy worked out the length of shadows, the angles of shadows that would help sailors get around. He also had the idea that the, the earth was in the middle of the solar system and the sun went around the earth. Mm-hmm. Although that was wrong although that was absolutely wrong, it worked well enough in the Mediterranean to stand the test of time. The sailors in that part of the world, Northern Africa and uh, Southern Europe, had great success getting back and forth across the trackless ocean. All right, then Ptolemy also came up with modern astrology. Now, at that time, uh, the the celestial signs, the zodiacal signs, are found, but even now, are found by staying up all night and watching the sun rise in a constellation. And that's how you get to be in Aquarius or Sagittarius or whatever it is. You wait for sunrise, or if you get up early, you don't have to stay up all night. And then wherever the sun rises through a group of stars, you go, that's this celestial sign. Well, the earth wobbles. And this is in physics or mathematics called precession way you observe precession is take a coffee cup and spin it. Now, there's, there's some tea in here. Spin it on your table, and the axis of the coffee cup wobbles. That's the reason why we have leap axis, year. It's, it's closely connected, but the earth I'm, I'm so wobbles about every 25,000, goes around about every 25,000 years. So I've read 24,770 years. Which in, which in astrology is an age. Every 25,000 years. If you take 2,000 years, which is mm-hmm. how long ago Ptolemy was running around, mm-hmm. and you divide it into 24,000 years, you get about a twelfth of a circle. Yep. So all the astrological signs have shifted to the West, one full sign from yep. the time Ptolemy came up with this crap. Yeah. And yet astrologers still run <laughs> right. around like, oh, it's still the same as it was 2,000 years ago because, you know, the spiritual spiritness of spiritivity is spirifying. What the hell are you talking about? It is crap. But Bill, be My nice. First of all, Bill, be nice. First of all, and what, the, the new sign that you're talking about that just showed up is Ophiuchus. Starts in September. Well, there's 13 signs really instead of 12, but people didn't yeah. like 13. Yeah. Yeah, Ophiuchus. That's the one. Right? And every 2,000 years... The, the age changes, but I don't want to lose you because I don't want you to get pissed off. We can talk about other things that are so well, much more. Well, it's just empty. crazy making because it's it's pseudoscience, you guys. To people some, have run, to some. People have run countlessly zillions of tests on astrology, and here's what's wrong with it. It has no predictive quality. 
you cannot predict anything with astrology. Mm -hmm. And that's why it bugs us on the outside. What was your earliest, what was your earliest memory of having a curiosity about science? Uh, we were playing, I'm going to say it was crazy eights. Do you know that card game? Yep. I heard of it. I was just beginning to understand the difference between red cards and black cards and number cards and cards with people pictured on them. And, uh, I got stung by a bee on my, on my, uh, upper thigh and wow, did that hurt? And I was crying because I was a little boy. It wasn't going to be tough. I was crying. And then my mother put ammonia on it. Do you know what I mean? This is what you smell when you smell Windex. Yeah, yeah whoa. Ammonia. Yeah. And it felt better. Like the ammonia breaks down the bee venom somehow. Mm. And, went, and then on the ammonia bottle... It's a skull and crossbones. Poison. <laughs> yeah. My mother's trying to kill me. As I said, I can understand that. But <laughs> it felt better. And then my brother, my older brother, who and he's still older, had a chemistry set back when they were cool and dangerous. And he could mix these two powders in your palm of your hand and it would smell like ammonia. I went, wow, that is, there's some like, uh, there's something going on in the world. And then I spent a lot of time watching bees. Mm. Bees are amazing. How do they fly yes. back and forth? And I watched the this azalea bush. I watched it so much, I was convinced I was seeing the same bee coming and going and uh, filling up her pollen baskets and, and drinking nectar and then zipping off. And, uh, you know, it wasn't really till the 1990s that people figured out, aerodynamicists figured out how bees fly. Like uh, it was not completely understood. They create this crazy whirlpool in front of their wings that allows them to bring the wings back forward without any, without very much aerodynamic drag. And uh, <clears throat> the whole thing is just amazing to me. But then my grandfather was a chemist. I never met him. He died before I was born. And they think he died from breathing all this stuff, all these crazy organic chemicals, you know, solvents and stuff. Uh, but my mom gave me his glassware. The glassware that my mom gave me to play with was just so cool looking. It was just art. I guess whenever you got to get a molecule to form at a certain temperature, you form the glassware to make it happen. And I just thought that whole thing was cool. And my uncle, my mother's brother, was a geologist who, who sold dynamite. He went around the world blowing stuff up. And I just thought, that is so cool. So I don't know. I got caught up with it early on. And, um, you know, another thing that's interesting to me, you guys, we're living at this extraordinary time where civil rights are becoming very important again. It was a big doggone deal when I was a little kid in Washington, D.C. I remember Resurrection City and the I Have a Dream speech and all these guys getting assassinated. So, you know, you guys, with all this going on, I just want to, I just think back, the two maybe most influential science teachers I had in Washington, D.C. were both uh, 
black guys. And uh, I guess that made an impression on me. Like it's for everybody. Science exists outside of us. Mm-hmm. You know, That's uh, Mr. Lawrence and Mr. Flowers, they were just fantastic teachers. That's and, beautiful, um, man. Well, I had nothing, you know, you show up, you're a kid, you know, and then across the river, across the Potomac River from where I grew up was Northern Virginia, which is now so hip and uh, gentrified and, and blue state, you know, but I remember you'd go across Chain Bridge, this, you know, it's a bridge over the Potomac River, and there'd be Confederate flags, I mean, just oh yeah, right there. And so I, I, we got a long way to go, but we yes, are we started on it again. And uh, it's good. This is good. How do you think it got so noisy again? Well, I think, you know, you guys talk about phones. When you can see public servants, police people shooting black guys in cold blood, and everybody can see it. It just raises an awareness that I think people like me just didn't have. You know, I mean, you, yep. you know, you guys, I'm not telling you anything, but yeah, it is, it is a, a time where we can change. And so what I say all the time, as screwed up as you might think the United States is right now, <laughs> what's built in is change. Change is built into the system. And that's good. If if you can't change your systems, your government, your pick anything, your way of getting a way of driving around, your way of getting food, you're never going to get anywhere. You've got to have change. Mm-hmm. So every four years we take a meeting, <laughs> and there's going to be change. <laughs> a meeting. I I think I think you know we just need more people to recognize that Americans. Um, we, we vote with our remote controls and, you know, with more people like yourself who are just as entertaining as you are educational, uh, you know, people learn without realizing that they're actually learning something, which is always the good part, you know, because we, 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 we tend to be resistant toward education for whatever reason. Because it's um, algebra is work, people. Yeah. There's no yeah. subject. You got to practice. I'm sorry. It was, it sucked for me too. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know where uh, inoculation came from first? I sent this to the guys this morning. You mean vaccination and cowpox and all that stuff? Yeah. So the word, everybody, the word vaccine comes from the word for cow. Mm. So, uh, the, you know, the famous story is a guy named Jenner observed that women and the term of art at that, or the description was milkmaids, women who are responsible for milking the cows, who had contracted an, a disease called cow that they called cowpox, like uh, like chickenpox or measles. The women who had contracted cowpox did not get smallpox. He noticed that, so we got to thinking about it. There must be a reason for that. There must be a connection between whatever causes you to get sick from cowpox, from milking cows, somehow gives you resistance to smallpox. And then he invented inoculation, scraping your skin and giving you a mild infection that Mm -hmm. you you develop antibodies for it, and then you don't get the big infection. 
it's really a heck of a thing. And I got to tell you guys, it when I see, uh, this is interesting to me, when I see people on the beach who don't have the scar that people my age have from a smallpox oh, the vaccination, inoculation, I go, hey, wait, wait a minute. They, they got to get vaccinated. And then I stop myself. Smallpox has been eliminated <laughs> through this worldwide effort to vaccinate everybody. And you guys, I went to elementary school in Washington, D.C., Lafayette Elementary, with a kid who had polio. Man, you do not want polio. Let me tell you what. Yeah. And so I was a little kid. We all got in the car and drove to the big junior high school and ate the sugar pill with the red liquid in it. And that's how you uh, got vaccinated against polio. Polio yeah. vaccine was invented when I was a little, little kid. When I was in preschool. They were saying that this guy named Cotton Mather, maybe? Cotton Mather. Yeah. Yeah. Who who was a um who was a preacher. He was preacher, the son yeah. of the president of Harvard. And later on in his life, he had an enslaved um um a servant who was enslaved from Africa. But then we asked him, he said, How come you're not afraid of the smallpox? And he says, or you never get sick. And he explained the process of inoculation. You take the pus from someone who's gotten sick and you, and, and you in, inject it and it, it keeps you from, uh, you know, getting sick, whatever it is that you go through will not be like when you actually contract it. It was Cotton Mather's enslaved West African man who actually gave him the idea of how to deal with it. And they took that process over to uh, Britain and into, um, into Europe. Took a discovery from Africa and got back into Europe. Yeah. And I say yep. back because everybody in Europe came from Africa, you know, <laughs> yeah. 100,000 years ago. Yeah. Yes, sir. Everybody, you know, Africa is where everybody, all humans, modern humans are from. And that's why you find the most diversity in Africa, genetic diversity, and um, the most uh, range of skin color because mm -hmm. of the range of ultraviolet light. We're all the same people, you know, and I, do you guys, I, I talk about this all the time and not, that, I mean, I don't mean it as a shorthand and I'm not trying, I really am not trying to be dismissive. I'm just, you guys, we have run this test billions of times. If somebody yes. from Ghana interacts, can we say interacts? Yeah. With somebody from Beijing, all you get is a human. You don't get some new thing. <laughs> They're all humans. Sorry. Yeah. Talking about sex, you guys. When somebody from Norway has sex with somebody from Papua New Guinea, all you get is a person. You don't get some other thing. And don't get me wrong. Some of my best friends are dogs, okay? But they're oh, all dogs. Stop. And you guys, you run around, this is a purebred Scottish aardvark or whatever. They're just, they're dogs. Still a canine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Still a canine. It's just, I'm not saying it's this exactly the same, but there's a lot to it. I have a question for you. Yes. Yes. So, if we humans did not have uh, memory... 
how would we know the difference between two weeks from now and two weeks ago? So I'm asking, where did the time go? Like, where does that go? It's gone. It's apparently that's the that's what sucks, apparently, is time only goes in one direction. You can't go back in time. Apparently, time only goes one way. And this is what sucks and what is amazing about the universe. And so you may have heard people throw this thing around the second law of thermodynamics, which is that heat always spreads out. It never not spreads out. A, a lake never freezes in the summertime. The heat doesn't just all go to the bottom of the lake and the top gets frozen. It doesn't happen. It just, it just spreads out and the whole lake is just kind of one temperature pretty much. And so get this, everybody. If you live to be 82 and seven weeks, you follow me? 82 and a month and three quarters. You get 30,000 days. 30,000. And when you're a little kid, 30,000 sounds like, oh, that's pretty good. That's a lot of days. But when you think about it in terms of pinball game score, video game scores or, um, or money, dollars, 30,000 doesn't sound like all that many, really. And so the, my analogy, which I, I came up with a few years ago, <laughs> is you go to, a baseball, uh, go to a football stadium, and a modern football stadium like in Dallas seats 100,000 people, 100,000 mm -hmm. people at the Cowboys stadium right now. All right, and imagine your life is taking place on the field down on the field, you're watching your life, you're watching yourself grow up, you're watching you produce music, have platinum records, you're watching your triplets be born, you're doing all that. And every day you sit in a different seat as you watch life. So day to day, it looks about the same. But after a few years, you have a different perspective, you're looking at the field from a different direction. Well, if you get 30,000 days at the Cowboy football stadium, you don't get a third of the way around and then you're dead. It sucks, people. <laughs> oh, wow. It sucks. Yeah. But that mm -hmm. perspective is what drives us. It's what makes us do stuff. Is that knowledge that time is passing. And not being able to go back and get the days is of great frustration, especially when you think about the mistakes you've made. You go, damn, mm -hmm. if I could just do that over again. So anytime there's a time travel show, time travel story, time travel movie, time travel short story, whatever, down in there somewhere in the heart of the story is death. Time travel stories are ultimately about death. And that mm -hmm. also sucks. But it's utterly fascinating. We just can't stop thinking about it. We can't stop thinking about it because our minds tell us, even though we live in the third dimension, that something feels off that the best we can do is remember what seats we were sitting in. But what's interesting is even if you don't make it around to the other seats, which you don't, because like you said, there's only 30,000 uh, allotted to you in this lifetime, at least in this, well, this or that's if That's 82 in seven weeks. We are right. hoping to get up into the 90... Hundred thousands, okay, but that's right. just thirty thousands—a round number. Go ahead. Right, but my question to you is: if you have uh, 
you know, a condition where you, you, you do not have your memory. It's pretty sad that you, there's no way that you can go back and find out where those days went. Well, that's why I think that's why photography is so important. That's why people send Christmas cards with pictures of their family on them is just to hold on to those memories. You know, this is why we, this is what's so wonderful and amazing. I'm not joking you guys about movies and television is you're looking at people in the past. You know, it's just, it's amazing. But how does this, how does this knowledge that you can't get the day back, that you can't go back in time, how does that affect how you live now? Um, Bro, I need you on speed dial. I love this. I need your I, number two, Bill. I learned so much <laughs> right. from... I'm calling you after this because I'm so lost. My fault, bro. Go ahead. I'm not going to do ahead. all that, but, ahead, but, but, but man, at, from time to time, I'm, I'm going to text you just to, tell, just to ask you because your point of view and the way that you, you know, the way that you unpack things, it's good by me. Right on, man. You, you took a class from Carl Sagan? Yeah, that lucky guy. <laughs> it's a joke, everybody. That's irony. Mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but that's Pharrell's like guru. Yeah, he was something else, man. I'll tell you, when you were in his class, he was something else. His way of speaking is like a poet. And he was a passionate guy. He's another guy that played absolutely at the top of his game. You know what I mean? He was the world renowned. He made predictions about the composition of the Martian atmosphere that were correct. He was at the top of his game. But he insisted on teaching the first year astronomy courses. He wanted to get students when they were first exposed to it. He was passionate about it. And, they, you know, as Carl Sagan said, I guess many people have said, when you're in love, you want to tell the world. And so um, I'm really glad you admire Carl Sagan right on. Are you a member of the Planetary Society? Pharrell, help us out, man. Man, I need to be. I'm a fan. Planetary.org. So just think what will happen. Just think what will happen if we send spacecraft to Mars with the right instruments on board to scrape under the sand on Mars where there's slush. In the summertime near the equator of Mars, there is liquid, very, very, very salty water. Yeah, they found a lake, right? What what if... There are microbes living in that very salty water, the way there are microbes living in very salty water here on Earth. It would change the world. It would change the way everybody thinks about being alive. Do those Martian microbes have DNA or are they some other whole new life thing? Uh, You know, Vietnam has a space program. South Africa has a space agency. Everybody has a space agency or administration because... It's inspiring. We make Mm -hmm. discoveries that change us. And there's practical things. You know, people predict the weather within 10 minutes. And if it's off by a half hour, people start complaining. The weather (laughs) said it was going to be raining 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Anyway, that's all from space, from exploring space. So we at the Planetary Society have a cool website where we have outstanding journalists. I recommend them. We have a spacecraft flying right now, LightSail 2, which is pushed around by sunbeams. Sunbeams. Yeah. Photons have no mass, but they have a push. They have a momentum. 
All right, and that was funded by people like you. And then the third thing we do is we go to these governments and space agencies and advocate for exploring the planets, planetary exploration, like Mars, Europa, the moon of Jupiter that Galileo saw that you can see with binoculars that has so much water on it, has more ocean water than the Earth does. Whoa, dude, if you have ocean <laughs> water for four and a half billion years, is there something alive there? It gotta for be. Sure. Whoa, dude. So <laughs> dude. we do that exploration for barely $2 billion a year here in the U.S. We spend so much more money on so many other things. But this is where we make discoveries that could change the world. So check <laughs> us out at planetary.org. Started by Carl Sagan 40 years ago. This is our 40th anniversary. Shout out to Carl, man. Yeah. That's a great ending for us. You know, thank you so much for doing this. No, this is the modern talk radio. This is where we push ideas around. Discuss ideas. Think about ideas. It's cool. It is. Subscribe to Other Tone wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram. New episodes drop every Monday. Other Tone is hosted by Pharrell Williams, Fam Lay, and Scott Venner. Executive producers are Pharrell Williams, Scott Venner, and Moses Shoyola. Engineers are Mike Larson and Mike Hernandez. Theme music is by Thundercat. Other Tone is produced in collaboration with the team at Gilded Audio, Ivana Tucker, Whitney Donaldson, and Nick Dooley. 